1: this is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, smack me, thunderstrike Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy.
0: Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me as always, my man, Cody. We got week seven in the books, and so we are halfway through the fantasy football season, which means we've, we've got rosters in flux. We've got a lot of stuff going on, decisions to be made. we got the trade deadline coming up, so we're going to dive into all that, but we're also going to react and see what has happened in week seven and see what can help us make some decisions with our fantasy rosters we are halfway through the regular season we do have a little bit more if we want to go
1: into the playoffs but six teams probably if you're in those if you're in these 12 team leagues six of your teams probably are halfway through regular season of fantasy football and through everything that you're going to play in fantasy football you're not playing for a toilet bowl nobody really cares about that unless you're playing for the 101 pick like we do in a couple of leagues so other than that i mean you're halfway through the fantasy football season it has come so fast i wish we could stop enjoy it a little bit more but it is blowing by us. I honestly kind of took a bye week this last week and I was just like, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to be in Discord. I'm not going to really interact with any of the fantasy football stuff. Like I just, I needed a bye week because we have been going hard on this ever since week one. I mean, you and I, I mean, we've been basically going since what week? one of last season i think we've taken two off weeks the entire time so man i just needed a little bit of a break i'm recharged though i'm going to go to all those teams that really need revamping i'm going to revamp them over this next week and i'm going to be like hey this team ain't it this team is it let's push in or let's move out of the contending series let's make this team the best that it can be for 2024
0: or the rest of the way for 2023 yeah, no. Those are the decisions we do have to make, and a lot of these recaps that we're going to dive into uh, are going to help us make those decisions. Because again, we're looking for for any trends, any any kind of uh, adjustments in the offense, things like that. What what may or may not be happening, and if this is going to be a trend for the rest of the season. A lot of times, when we do, when you think about your you know fantasy seasons of past, you have like the first half of the season where we have you know an X Y Z number of players that blow up, and you're like, oh, these are top top twelve assets, and then all of a sudden the the script script flips, and you have a whole different second half of the of the fantasy season and of the NFL season where you have different players uh, coming out of no, nowhere, whether that's due to injury or just due to player development and get, you know having an increased role. So a lot of these things are, are key for us to look into as we, uh, again, make decisions and, and kind of see what the future holds versus just relying on the past.
1: And I think we saw one of the best examples of that tonight as we're recording this. We're just recording this after the Monday night football game. Did anybody think that the Minnesota Vikings were going to beat the San Francisco 49ers in Monday Night Football, except for me in the Heisman chat? As I was saying, hey, this just, I have a random feeling. I have a random feeling that this is going to be one of those weird primetime games where nothing goes according to script. It's going according to the script of the NFL, obviously, because they do have the script locked away in a vault in another vault inside of the NFL headquarters. Obviously, this was scripted and it was going to happen beforehand. <laughs> but I mean,
0: like, here's no- <laughs> the
1: nobody nobody saw this coming especially as addison leaves for a little bit in this game hawkinson leaves for a little bit in this game and kirk cousins in primetime game is one of the best quarterbacks of the week like nobody saw this script happening for one of these games and this is just the thing of like hey this team is one in five there's still a lot of football left to play obviously it Definitely doesn't correlate one to one to like your fantasy football team that's one in five because you probably have no hope of making the playoffs. <laughs> that's probably not happening. But this Minnesota Vikings team, they can actually turn some stuff around. They don't have to be one of these teams that's in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, like everybody was saying at the beginning yeah. of the season, or at least like four or five weeks ago.
0: Yeah, no, I mean this is a a very big week for them to to come out with a W against the 49ers. I mean, Kirk Cousins did throw for 378 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he did have a pick, but it was a massive performance. And again, when when you have different bodies rotating in and out, the key things that I, you know, really took away. I I I think with with Addison missing a couple series, the these types of things will shift. But hey, KJ Osborne had 43 routes run. Uh, Addison had 33 and Brandon Powell had 32 out of that wide receiver range. And then you had 37 routes run for TJ Hawkinson. So those are your four key targets there in the offense. And you also had Madison and Cam Akers combining for 33 um, routes run on their themselves as well i think that's the big highlight for me like you had we we all knew it was kj osborne and jordan addison and brandon powell is going to be the the top three right but we really have seen a significant I want to say significant. We've had a workload increase week over week for Cam Akers in this offense. Not that he's going to take over the backfield, but he did get 10 carries to add uh, to Madison's eight. They both got three targets, even though Madison was on the field for 10 more snaps. When you really look at the breakdown, you know, uh, it was all Madison in two minute drill. This was a majority, you know, of Madison's work. He was the goal line back. He was the, the two minute drill guy. Um, it was a pretty split backfield on early downs. But uh, short yardage was Cam Akers. So, you know, it's going to be a split backfield. It's a true committee. Do you have any interest in the running back room in Minnesota?
1: They play Green Bay, Atlanta, and New Orleans the next three weeks. Zero percent interest in either one or any of the Minnesota
0: Vikings running backs. No. (laughs) It's short and sweet. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think there is some, you know best ball interest for one of these guys the problem is which one which one you're gonna have to actually pay to get you know i don't really want to spend none of them are worth a second yeah right and that's exactly i want to spend any significant capital if i can get one of them for a third (laughs) sure but like in the end we're talking about 39 yards on the ground for madison 31 uh for for Cam Akers. It's not all that great Akers did have, you know, a nice catch for 30 yards, but he also had two catches for 30 <laughs> yards on the day to kind of give you an idea of what happened. Um it was just one of those those games. So that's kind of the Minnesota offense right now, you know, Brandon Powell's I think a deeper, you know, best ball dart, I don't necessarily want to have to start him. Um I think that he's at least going to have uh, some sort of role while Jets is out and then after that it's it's pretty much going to disappear. Uh Jordan Addison though, he was the star of the show. You know, they, they talked about rookies having hundred yard, uh, receiving, receiving yards, hundred receiving yards on primetime games. And it's just Randy Moss, Justin Jefferson, and now Jordan Addison. So, uh, again, great company, you know, when you, when you really think about it, he only did for have, Minnesota Vikings teams. I yeah. Assume. Just for Minnesota, oh, okay. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings for the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> that, that clarification <laughs> needs totally to be more. made there <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, and in all honesty, like, you know, Jordan Addison probably wouldn't have had it if he didn't steal away an interception, uh, from from the DB right there before the half that turned into a sixty yard touchdown. So, yeah, that was uh, one heck of a play by him. He he did he did look very good when he was healthy and on the field. So. Um... Yeah, but but he
1: also went out for you know like probably two or three drives, two or three series for that and for that game. So he might he might have made it up during that. Uh, I don't I don't have much to take away from this game. Obviously, Jordan Addison, like you said, is very good. Brandon Powell in best ball leagues, roll him out there as your bottom five on your roster guy until Justin Jefferson comes back. The only thing that I have from this game, though, is on the other side of the ball, and a guy who is highlighted in my waiver wire series tonight or t- this morning is Juwan Jennings. Uh, Juwan Jennings, as long as Debo is out, he should be rostered in literally every single league. I-, I don't care whether it's best ball or lineup or whatever. Juwan Jennings should be rostered in every single league until Debo comes back. You've got one more week until they go to their bye week. It's supposed to be that Debo is going to come back on their after their bye week in week ten. And so uh, and, until then, Juwan Jennings should be rostered and potentially started in almost every single league, depending on how deep it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and with Debo's history, you know, I, I, he might be one worth holding on to just to see what happens after that bye week. Um, I mean, most likely you're due to roster construction and, and your uh the, the depth in your league. You'll probably have to drop Jennings um, out during that bye week. But. Debo just gets banged up and when, when it starts it doesn't stop so I'm, I'm real interested to see what what happens week 11 when Debo does come back on the field because he is definitely out through the bye uh, but yeah that's the only thing of note you know CMC obviously was was a game time decision or a game day decision uh, he obviously took over that backfield no questions no ifs ands or buts about it that was his backfield he did his thing so yeah let's uh forget monday night football let's just kind of dive into the rest of the weekend slate here so uh i want to kick things off with with ravens and lions the probably the biggest surprise blowout of the week one of the f- I mean for for the score one of the funnest games that i watched all
1: of that all all of that noon slate was that game because freaking Lamar Jackson. I, I know we have some when we have some people out there, and least I'm not talking to you, but we have some people out there that don't think that Lamar Jackson is actually a good quarterback. What do you think now? Uh, he's an MVP candidate. He looked like an MVP this game. I know we have a long way to go. But uh, Lamar Jackson, without a running back room at all, whenever you have Gus Edwards and Justice Hill as your only two running backs, and you're basically the primary running back, and you can take Zay Flowers, Nelson Aguilar, Mark Andrews, and a little bit of Odell Beckham to this type of level. um, He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think he should be a top five dynasty asset in Dynasty Superflex Leagues and there's a question of how high does he go i don't think he's i don't think he's any higher than that i think he's still like four or five for me but people were discounting this man to like qb9 whenever he didn't have a contract this offseason and those people were absolutely ludicrous ridiculous i love lamar jackson
0: I know you do. You you do own you you own yourself quite a bit. Uh you've been really high on Lamar as well. You kind of trying to fend off the haters. You know, this this offense is gonna have an even distribution, and, and that's kind of what we saw. You know, Zay Flowers is the number one wide receiver, but in the end this is still Mark Andrews uh I'd say primary target. But in the end, you had six targets for Zay, seven for Odell, six targets for Mark Andrews, twenty-eight total passes on the game. Um, you know, it was it was a very different game script. It got out of hand quickly. So, like for this game, there weren't a ton of takeaways for me. I mean, Gus Edwards, uh, he was the 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 RB one on the team, so to speak. You know, he did have sixty four yards in that touchdown. What no one had expected was that Gus Edwards would have, I guess, in one game. Yards? Yeah, in one game, he had his second best receiving season in his career so i think he has 129 <laughs> yards is like the best uh his his like you know career high in receiving and then after that, it was like 64 or something like that. One, so play. Did that one, one play, play. <laughs> <laughs> one play, one game. Gus Edwards is on historic pace for his own career. But yeah, um, outside of that, there's really not a lot to, to take away from this. You know, you look at the other side of the ball with with Monty out. We all wanted to see what Jameer Gibbs could could do. He did get 11 carries and 10 targets. My question or concern with that is going to be were those targets just simply due to game script. Uh, what is it going to be something that like, he's going to be able to continue that kind of pace going forwards? Cause if he can get 10 targets, like that's that, I mean, that's what you wanted. Like this is, that's the split that you would think that Jameer Gibbs should have 11 carries, 10 carries on the ground type of performance. And then 10 targets in the air. Like that is what you want to see from him. He did convert that into nine for 58 Amon Ra, On the other hand, uh, 19 targets, 13 <laughs> receptions and 102 yards. So <laughs> I mean, the the yardage I mean, it was I guess there technically, but when you have 13 catches, you probably expect a little bit better performance. Where were you at with this, this Detroit game? Are you just chalking it up at this point?
1: I mean, I'm going to go back to the Amon thing, and we were talking about this with Ray about the Trinity series before the before we recorded the show, and Amon Ra was one of those that we were talking about and saying, "Hey, like he doesn't have all of the skills necessary. Like he doesn't hit all of the Trinity metrics." However, he hits two of them very, very well. And if he basically yes. is Cooper Cup and he basically gets the like same target distribution as Cooper Cup is getting has gotten over the past you know year and a half of his career, he's going to be very, very good and he's going to be worth that like top 10 wide re- dynasty wide receiver outcome. We just didn't think that that was going to happen. It's happening right now. And so, uh, Amon Ra, I don't think he was worth that. Like, he got up to like dynasty wide receiver three in KTC. I don't think he's ever worth that, but at least like a seven, four to seven range. Like, I think he's definitely supplanted himself in there because of how much opportunity he has within this offense, because of how much he is targeted by Jared Goff, who is not going away by any means. Like, Jared Goff is going to be the quarterback for this offense for the next probably three years after he gets his contract maybe during the middle of the season. If not during the middle of the season, he's going to be the, he's going to be the quarterback for the Detroit lions for the next three years. Like I I have no question about that. So I I love, I love me some Amon Ra. He's basically, he's not Cooper cup, but he is Cooper cup light right now.
0: You know, everyone, everyone hates this comp. Everyone hates it, but it's one of those things like, you know, when you, when you kind of, when you finally see it, this is who he reminds me of. And it's Keenan Allen. (laughs) <laughs> I know everyone, yeah. everyone yeah. hates Love it, that. but it's just, it's just Love one of those that. guys that like he gets the, he gets the targets. He's, you know, uh, you know, Keenan Allen's always been 130, 140, 150 target guy when he's been, you know, a, a top 12 asset. Um, and he doesn't have that yak ability, but he's a good route runner. Finds the way, you know, to get open, and and he's just you know the number one target. And that's exactly what Amun-Ra is going to be in this offense. He's going to get the volume to to produce. He has ability from time to time to to break a break away on one, but in the end, you know, it's he's going to live and die on that volume. Um, and and he's good and enough to, to to do that for sure.
1: The best thing right now is he doesn't have a Mike Williams across from him. Like true, he has yeah. nobody. He has nobody. I mean, it's Sam Laporta is the wide receiver too for this offense right now, Ugh. and we we could talk about him. Like he was, he was my sit of the week, and he he honestly he didn't have a great game, but he still had a good game as far as a tight end is concerned. Yes, what do you have like six for fifty yards? Like that's still probably I I, I haven't looked at the I haven't looked at the results from week week uh, seven, but I bet that that's probably borderline a top twelve week.
0: Yeah, I mean that's tight end though for you. I mean, but yeah, you're right. He is the number two target in this offense. Unfortunately, for for everyone who had a, a slight glimmer of hope after we saw JMO catch a touchdown. Uh he had six targets this week. That sounds nice. Zero catches, for obviously zero yards. Not what you want to see. Not what you want to see at all.
1: Jameson Williams has below a 25% catch rate for. Every time he's been targeted in his time in the NFL. So
0: bad. Oh, that is so bad. Um, yeah.
1: Um, him or or Quentin Johnson real quick. As we're uh, talking about young guys right here.
0: I I think QJ, just because we haven't, he has a little bit of hope. Yeah. Like you haven't seen him totally. Jamo has lost all hope now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much exactly it. And, and you know, we know what Herbert can do. So if QJ does get an opportunity, like, Hopefully, maybe fingers crossed, but yeah, it's not looking good for, for either one of those guys right now. Like um, my,
1: my my comp for my comp for Jamison Williams to DJ Chark is in question right now. And that's freaking sad.
0: Ugh. Yeah, give give it give it time, maybe. No, I'm not giving <laughs> uh, it time. You know, three year breakouts for wide receivers. Um anyways, let, let's dive into the next game on the slate here. Uh let's get into the you know, your Chicago Bears. Whoa and the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that, you know, let's just call it what it is. This was like I thought the biggest blowout of the game obviously or week was was the Ravens over the Lions. This was probably the biggest upset of the week. Um even over this this Vikings game. Like I don't think anyone thought Tyson Badgett would would take over the helm at quarterback and and find a way to beat the the Raiders. Not only just beat them but like 30 to 12. Just the the absolute route that they put on over over the Raiders. So, you know, overreaction season uh, is Tyson Badgett QB1. Well, apparently it is Tyson Badgett. Uh, Badgett learned learned that one. Uh,
1: it is not the Badger. It is saying. the Badger, uh, apparently, moving on from here on out. Um, the interesting right. thing is, though, like, uh, you started Brian Hoyer, and uh, I tried to sell some Brian Hoyers for fourths, and I could not get that done in a lot of leagues. In a lot of leagues where... The other person needed a quarterback. I could not get Brian Hoyer for a fourth. And the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders probably should have done that as well because they subbed him out for Aiden O'Connell. And that probably should have been the way they gone. They they went from the beginning. It, it was, it was bad for Brian Hoyer. Um, I don't believe that Bajan is actually a good quarterback. I really don't. I believe that this is two god-awful teams playing against each other and two teams without a quarterback playing against each other, and one of them just happened to be good. Um, I have no interest long-term in any of these assets outside of Devontae Adams, Josh
0: Jacobs, maybe.
1: Yeah, that's
0: about it. Obviously, I mean, for the Raiders side, but like, I, for for Tyson, for what we saw from him, like I mean, he looked like he actually made that offense look competent. Maybe like I don't know if I want to go that far. But you know what 21. happens whenever Nine. a
1: backup comes in is the offense gets simplified. Oh, for sure. I mean, when you the have- offense gets simplified and they look good, we we saw this. We saw the same thing all across the league this week. The offense gets simplified and the quarterback looks good. The backup quarterbacks looks better than the the starting quarterback looks because the offense is simplified to
0: plays that they know and they know how to run yeah i mean when and, it comes it comes to 21 completions and 160 yards like yeah like of course that's simplified like in all honesty like it's kind of shame on the raiders for not figuring this out but i mean he did better than than what fields did. he did he, he, got a dub in, in his first outside
1: game. of the commanders game where he threw for like 400 yards like yeah fields has never looked this good
0: i know it's obviously like hyperbole like it's not like this is actually like where i'm sitting here saying let's go get tyson over justin fields but uh you know they won a game it does take their draft pick down i think one slot so they still have the number 1 pick with with the panthers and they had the number 3 pick I believe for their own pick so they're still in contention to get themselves a quarterback. Uh doesn't change a whole lot but it was fun for a week. I guess. Are you interested in Dontae Foreman? Dontae Foreman came in, did his thing, sold- three touchdowns. <laughs> I, we- I
1: have to I have to put the, I have to put this out there. Um uh, we, we had a league where we had to cut 3 people. Um, we we were in a 32 man lineup we had 35 because Jeff Wilson was coming back off of IR didn't play didn't play coming up off of IR so there was no reason to actually activate him but that that's neat um so we really only had to cut two but we had to cut three because Jeff Wilson was coming back off of IR so we cut um or we we I put out a trade offer to everybody in the league for a fourth for Cordero Patterson, Deonta Foreman and Eric Gray I believe was the third one. And the only response that we got was a fifth for Deonta Foreman. So I was like, well, I'm going to cut all these guys anyway. I'm going to take the fifth. And then I took the fifth, cut Cordell Patterson, and cut Tony Jones. And Cordell Patterson ended up with 15 Uh. carries. And Deonta Foreman ended up with three touchdowns and 100 yards from scrimmage.
0: So hey man, that's how my week went in Rumble. I held on to Donta Foreman all year for for this this opportunity. The last couple weeks, and it finally it finally happened. You know, obviously, it probably wasn't the best uh, uh, maneuver on my part to 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 take that. But hey, you know what? This thirty eight point performance for him in Rumble made it all worth it. So uh, happy to have that. I think it's a short term thing. You know, obviously with with Roshan out with a concussion. um,
1: Yes, you should still cut him this week. Like, I don't know about
0: all that. I I, I don't know if he's like not in going Rumble, to just have a, ro- if in he's in have a role in a 25 man roster. Yes, you should still cut him this week. But he's still going to have a role on that team. Like when you really look at the the splits and what happened, he's still going to have a role. And like that's the whole thing. is like you're talking about a running back that's on a roster that's going to have a role. Like Darrington Evans got 14 carries. You're going to sit here and tell me that Dante Foreman's not going to just take that over. Come on. Come on, man. Like Four, Khalil Herbert's out, like he's one still going He's still gonna. He's still going to get his touches for at least I, another I week. I can
1: fully understand you carrying him for one more week, but in, as, quit, soon, as, Herbert, as soon as Khalil Herbert, as soon as Khalil Herbert gets hatred. back, you should cut him. Like there's <laughs> no chance that he has any opportunity after Khalil Herbert gets back.
0: You're just projecting after after trading away for him. And I, I I feel it. I can feel it here. Uh, are you concerned about Don uh, about Devonte Adams though?
1: No, absolutely not. These people talking about Jacoby Myers is the one in this offense. No, he's he, he is coming off of an injury where he has not practiced most of the days within the week. He just comes out there and plays the game. He's pulling the like perfect optimum prime of DeAndre Hopkins where, hey, I'm a vet. I don't need to do this anymore. I'm just going to show up on game days and I'm going to play. Uh, the only thing is, his quarterbacks freaking suck. So um basically he needs it's sad to say but he needs jimmy g back at quarterback and he'll be right back to what he was uh 13 targets 10 catches 100 yards yeah
0: uh, he'll he'll be right back to it i mean it sounds like he they, they say he dodged a big bullet with the injury so hopefully i know i don't know the the injury like the re-injury risk for something like this um, so, uh, you know, hopefully that when Jimmy G is back, it's fine because I do have a lot of Devontae Adams that I'm hoping for as well. Uh, but you know, I, I am concerned, you know, because it's, it's kind of easy to just, sh- you know, shut down Adams, double team him, let Jacoby do his thing, which is why he looks like he's, he's the one, um, when you have a quarterback that's just not super accurate and uh Devontae adams is clearly disinterested at this point uh any chance you think he's a trade target i I mean i i I highly doubt it for the nfl you haven't heard any rumors at this point any any thoughts there like of him potentially being traded
1: i thought that he would be a trade i thought that he'd be a trade candidate at the beginning of the year it sounds like he's not going to be um i thought that mike evans would also be one that would go to a contender Both of these teams, for some reason, think they can actually compete this year. They're probably both not going to be traded, and they probably should be, but they probably won't move. Um, So we'll we'll probably see them stuck on dead teams for the rest of the year.
0: Before we move on from this game, the one thing I did want to kind of point out, and this is this is a guy that um, I am interested in buying in Dynasty, and and I think that you know we've seen his playing time continue to increase, and that's Michael Mayer. While he didn't have the stats necessarily this week that you're like, oh my gosh, let's go out and get him, you know his role has been increasing week over week, every single week. He's actually finally replaced. Austin Hooper as the number one. Um, so he actually played 81% of the offensive snaps last week. And then he's actually finally took over the primary tight end role in 11 personnel as well. So he only missed four of the first 50 plays before they started putting the backups in, which is another key thing for him where he was the guy on that offense we'll see what that means again for fantasy purposes again with the quarterback situation but he might be a good buy low candidate if he's going to continue to get you know integrated into this offense if he's going to continue to take over that role um that might be a good buy low candidate right now or a guy that you're looking to to acquire if you're not a contending team and you're like hey I could use a tight end for next year <laughs> or or again you know uh, building for 2024 as we talked about at the top of the show that's a a big target of mine I think at this point i know he yeah i do i,
1: I obviously more. I obviously do like Michael Mayer a lot because he was my tight end one coming out of the draft. Um, So I obviously do like him a lot. I do think that he still has the ability to be tight end one out of this class, even above Sam Laporta, because Sam Laporta is serving as a wide receiver two, basically, for this team right now. And I think that they actually get themselves a wide receiver two eventually, whether it's through the trade deadline right now or it's through the draft next year uh obviously the first round pick of Jameson Williams is not it that's a wasted just burnt to the ground first round pick that's never going to uh ne- never going to matriculate to what they thought he could be that's not going to happen so they either need to get a legitimate wide receiver too, or they need to trade for a wide receiver, too, for this team. And there's a lot of people that could be in that conversation. Uh, obviously, we're, we're going to talk about some of them later. Uh, like the T. Higgins example comes to, comes to mind. So th- this team could be very, very scary. And it's why I don't really have all that much conviction on Sam Laporta remaining in the same role that he's currently providing right now for the long term. Because basically, he has to be Mark Andrews and be the – or Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey and be the number one wide receiver or number one receiving role in his offense for the next 10 plus years for the value that he's garnering right now. And that's not going to happen. Like he, he's damn good. He's damn good. But eventually, I think he gets back to just being
0: a replaceable tight end. Speaking of uh, replaceable tight ends, let's just dive into the next game here with the Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts, where the Colts have found a way to replace tight end, no matter what. And, uh, David and they have seven of them. David and David Njoku has, you know, basically disappeared. Um, you know, even though he's gotten eight targets, like he had his best receiving performance of the season. I think he had like 54 yards. Woo. Um, so fantasy managers are just going nuts over that week. But yeah, I mean, this has been, uh, the Cleveland offense, I don't really know what to do. Like people were saying, did Deshaun Watson quit on the team? You know, he only played 12 snaps. Apparently he had a shoulder injury. PJ Walker came in. Uh, so offensive dysfunction, Jerome Ford banged up uh, Kareem Hunt, you know, still again, took over the number two role. Uh, big things here. DPJ is kind of getting phased out of the offense. This is definitely an Amari a Cooper, Elijah Moore uh, type of offense and then D- david and njoku is like the primary passing options with with dpj and goodwin basically being distant three four options on this team um I, honestly just dysfunction i mean like i don't know why i'd be surprised for anything else from the cleveland browns like this is just cleveland browns like to the core you know unfortunately nick chubb got hurt but uh, just absolute dysfunction from this browns offense
1: Well, not only Nick Chubb got hurt, but now Jerome Ford is hurt. And they look like they're going to be rolling out Pierre Strong as their starting running back next week, along with uh, Kareem Hunt. So that's that's an interesting move. We'll see if maybe they take on a uh, Leonard Fournette type or something like that throughout this uh, bye week because they do not have a single running back on their practice squad currently. So they need to add somebody. Don't know who it'll be. They'll probably pick somebody up off of somebody else's practice squad or add somebody like a Leonard Fournette to their team to get that third running back spot filled up. You said like you said you said the like, the Sean Watson injury and everything. He did go out with a head injury. He was put into concussion protocol. He was cleared from concussion protocol, but he was not put out into the game again out of an abundance of caution which is what kevin stefanski said uh and there was also a possible re-injury to the rotator cuff man i'm <laughs> i'm about out on sean watson experiment man like i i know this team that they have so much invested in him that he's going to be the starter for them for the next probably three years at least
0: yeah, it's a, but it's, it's so gross
1: right now. It is so freaking gross right now that I, I mean, it, Deshaun Watson or Brock Purdy, like let, let's, let's just throw that out With Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy. Are they all in the same range?
0: For sure. And I've taken Purdy, like I'm taking Purdy Goff. And I think Watson at this point, um, if I had to, to rank them, it's, I don't know, man, I, I I don't really know what to make of it. You know, again, I, I know the concussion aspect, but like then they said that like tr- like that they kept him out because of the re injury to the shoulder. I, I just don't, I don't know what to believe, and and like when you have these kind of conflicting type of things, it it just feels it just feels off, and the offense looked off. Like I I don't know. I I really don't know what to do with this offense at all anymore. Um, Amari Cooper still very good. And not not on the field, but just as a player, he's still very good. Elijah Moore has looked better with this team. Like you think that this is going to be a team that's going to take steps in the right direction. Um, and for for whatever setbacks, whatever reasons, whatever's going on there, um, I just uh, it's Cleveland. That's what I just chalk it up to. Like it's just the, the Browns are going to brown, and they're brown in their pants right now. It's just absolute, just a mess in Cleveland. So, I'm fully agree I mean it's just <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's unfortunate but man all, all these players just feel like they can never get to their they can never get to their peak of what they actually
0: should be because of everything that Cleveland always does. I feel like it's just bad juju there, but on the other side of the ball, you know, we had a a fun game despite backup quarterbacks on both sides playing and uh, just kind of a a mess of a game, but Hey, you know, it was fun. Uh, Indianapolis went out there. They did their thing. You know, the the splits that I was kind of looking at here that were of interest is, you know, Alec Pierce did lead the team in routes run, uh, which was kind of interesting. 31 over Michael Pittman's 30 over Josh downs, 25. Uh, The big thing is that this offense does run, 11 personnel on 75% of their snaps which leads the NFL. So Josh Downs is out there with you know significant time because he is out there on all of the uh, 11 personnel uh routes. So he he got six targets, he did his thing, he actually had, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a blow up performance, but like, you know, <laughs> he did at least break out. I believe he had like 124 yards and a touchdown. Um so you know he had his first 100-yard game of his career, Michael Pittman broke off a 75-yarder against what, you know again, is a very, very good Cleveland Browns defense. They still did their thing, but uh, they did give up some big plays in this. What are you doing with this offense for the rest of the season? Are you, are you interested in Josh Downs? Do you think that this is another trade uh, candidate for maybe a Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Sutton wide receiver to, to replace Alec Pierce? Because it seems like Pierce is just a guy
1: somehow against the best defense in the league uh one also um they gained 75 ish yards against a play that probably should have been blown dead and was not blown dead because there was an offsides that the cornerback didn't react to because he thought the plate was blown dead and then i think was uh that was the michael pittman touchdown yeah uh 75 yards for a touchdown because the cornerback didn't run with him because he thought the play was dead. So you negate that. Okay, now we're to uh, Garner Minshew through for 220 yards in this game. Um, Then you negate the Josh Downs 60-yard reception for a touchdown. Uh, Now he's to 140 yards in the game. And then you negate the Alec Pierce 32-yard reception which now brings him down to hundred and ten yards in the game. Basically, all that the Indianapolis Colts had was big plays. And hey, you know the what? Brown like obviously I give them credit for having those plays. Yeah, let's not just knock them all I, out. I definitely me. give them credit for having those plays. But like you're 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 telling me whenever Gardner Minshew throws the ball for twenty three times, three plays are accounting for
0: seventy five percent of your yardage. I don't yeah, really care hashtag not sustainable so that is hashtag not sustainable so
1: michael Pittman, love the sustainability i think that he is going to be targeted which whatever the quarterback is that is playing for the indianapolis colts he's going to be targeted and he's going to be getting yards everybody else no no chance nope do not care josh downs don't care uh isaiah mckenzie don't care anybody else do not care about what your receiving yards are because they're not sustainable week over week.
0: Yeah, and and that's fair. I mean, even Michael Pittman's game this week was saved on that 75-yard touchdown. He only went two for 85 yards or 87 or 82 yards, excuse me. So, like, it was literally saved on that it's one only touchdown. Only a 70, yeah. Exactly. But Josh Downs, since Gardner Minshew has gotten in uh, you know, in the game and been playing quarterback, which he will be for the rest of the season, Josh Downs has been uh, very involved in this offense um as far as like targets and and, and his share. So it actually, you know, he out targeted Michael Pittman this week. and uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily something where I'm going out and and you know, again, it's tough to buy on a week like this when he has 125 yards, but he will be up and down throughout the year maybe he can have a down week. You can buy him a little bit lower best ball leagues. Maybe you can get him as a throw in piece in a deal. I'm very interested in Josh downs just because of the personnel usage that they do have, where he's going to still get out there and get snaps. And when he is out there, he's getting targeted. Um, they did run the ball 36 times in this game or, uh, 37 times technically, but Taylor and Zach Moss both had a, a nice 18 carry workload. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like again, this is a very tough Cleveland Browns defense. So I don't even really want to care about the yards even though you know JT did actually have 75 on 18 carries, but like both of them are getting a workload. I, this kind of feels like what it's going to be. I mean, do you do you continue to like Zach Moss or or, or have any interest in Zach Moss for the rest of the season? um
1: don't care about zach moss yeah he sold for any second and uh josh downs also zero percent interest window sign uh sold for any second so that is wild 24 25 second both of them are gone
0: wow i mean first of all zach moss you ain't getting a second anymore but um would you take a third for zach moss then because that's what you're getting you're not getting a second Uh,
1: it depends on the team whether the production is more valuable to me than the third
0: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's move on from that one then, unless there's anything else you want to touch on with that fun game. No, let's go. Cool. Uh, then we have the another upset of the week. It was a very wild week and a very fun, entertaining football week. And we had the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills uh, come out there. And, yeah, I mean, it's it, whenever you have division rivalries, like, it, it, anything can happen. Anything can happen, and I, what I thought was going to be an absolute blowout drubbing uh, was was a very competitive, fun game, I guess, and it, it ended up with the New England Patriots winning 29-25. to 25. Big key takeaway here is wide receiver one for the New England Patriots is going to be Kendrick Bourne demario douglas i know there's injuries lots of stuff going on in this 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 team but i mean you have kendrick Bourne with 31 routes run demario douglas 25 then you had parker with 19 jalen rager with 14 but the target share went to to kendrick and demario douglas with seven and five and it is pretty distributed uh with the tight ends at three two and two for henry Gesicki and pharaoh brown
1: football i guess right i'm i'm just <laughs> so pissed about i had so much kendrick
0: Bourne last year (laughs) i had
1: so much kendrick Bourne last year and i cut all of them because he was useless useless for an entire year and now he's the wide receiver one like why did you just decide to take a year off like i know obviously it's not you but like he just took a year off and now he's the wide receiver one for the patriots again whenever they didn't have anything better last year i mean They had Jacoby Myers, I guess, which is now like a apparently like a top twenty-eight dynasty wide receiver. Somehow, don't understand that one either. But like, did nothing last year. I don't. I don't think he was a top fifty wide receiver in all of fantasy last year. That's not him though. That
0: offense was was atrocious. Like it's still atrocious.
1: still atrocious and now he's good i don't understand it
0: yeah but he doesn't have jacoby myers taking targets away so it is just Uh, kendrick Bourne. (laughs)
1: yeah it is just kendrick Bourne. yeah (laughs) him and pharaoh
0: brown uh i mean we saw we saw Ramondre and zeke have a split kind of carry backfield with zeke leading with 11 to to nine but Ramondre did get the six targets in this game uh saving his quote-unquote fantasy week i guess um and Zeke so, fell into the end zone. So who do you want to yeah. start in fantasy? Zeke. It's still Ramondre. Like it's still Ramondre. Like I mean, he's mm-hmm. getting the passing down work when you get six, when you're getting six targets for 50 yards. Uh, again, the, both of them are, were inefficient. I mean, 2.8 yards a carry for Zeke 11 for 31. Yeah. He fell in the end zone and yeah, it was nine for 34. It wasn't a whole lot better for Ramondre, but like, what are we talking about here? Like, this is I definitely wanna... Ramondre's backfield. It's I, I don't really want to have to start either of them. If I'm being oh, totally for sure honest, not.
1: but for sure not. But on our starts of the week show, um, yeah. I I want to start the guy who can actually fall into the end zone.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? You, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. All right. On the other side of the ball, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, just kind of breaking that one down here. Uh, kind of a. I mean, I, this is this was a Josh Allen performance so, that we literally.
1: I don't think anything to talk about other than the Dawson Knox injury.
0: Fair. that That is fair. I mean, Kincaid K- ended up with his what eight catches for 75 yards um, as a result of that. So he got more involved in this offense. Um, I mean, wh- where are you at right now? I mean, I, do we even have an update on what, how like the severity of, of Knox's injury
1: looks like he's going to have wrist surgery and there's an indefinite timeline about how long he's going to be out. It, could look to be uh, months, though. So uh, I wouldn't suspect
0: Knox to be back for the season. Yeah. I mean, e- even if he is back, uh, this is this is Kincaid's opportunity. I mean, this is the this is the chance. He he was second in targets on the team, just behind Diggs. With so Diggs had twelve, uh, Kincaid had eight. Outside of that, no one else had more than four. So this was this was just one of those like even distributions outside of those two, um, and Kincaid found a way to get the ball. Uh, so that's this is going to be something to to monitor. I mean, I do think that you you need to have him. Uh, I don't know if you can trade for him at this point. Again, it's it's one of those situations where if you have him now, you're really excited. Nope, trade um, him away. It's yeah.
1: it's only a trade away sell window. You you can't buy.
0: Exactly. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily be trading him away at this point. Like, I oh. do think he's going to have a role um in this offense. You know, the, the other thing to monitor is Quentin Morris was out of this game as well. So again, they just had to play Kincaid. So I I am curious what just you know what that kind of split is going to look like going forward. Uh, if Quentin Morris is going to be more involved, taking over like the Dawson Knox role, and maybe Kincaid still can, maintains his same role. Like you know, we talk about it all the time with with running backs where it's like, oh yeah, he's the he's the early down back you have a a backup running back that replaces that early down back. He's not going to just like have that third down back all of a sudden take over. Like Quentin Morris is more of a blocking tight end can do more of the things that Dawson Knox can do. So I don't know if necessarily uh, there's going to be a huge increase in Kincaid's work, but uh, I guess this could be a sell window for you right now. It's just, again, whether or not you want to take that bet on what was drafted as the tight end one uh, in 2023. So Again, tough decisions to make for that. I think I'm willing to hold on and see uh, see how they do decide to utilize Kincaid because I don't think his value can basically go down from here.
1: Yeah, Josh Wiley or uh, Dalton Kincaid or Quentin Morris is the Josh Wiley to... Chigo Conquo. There we so go. Eventually we got there, but basically that's kind of like the comparison of like these blocking tight ends. Um, unfortunately, Quentin Morris is dealing with that injury. It looks like he's probably going to come back this year or this week. However, you know, who is the person who would be next up? Joel Wilson out of central Michigan, undrafted free agent. Uh, if if you want a little bit of a sneak peek into the Waverly article, Joel Wilson and Quentin Morris make their appearance in there, and it is awful. Uh,
0: this I don't this want to add either of them. This but, guy doesn't care about Josh Downs, but Joel Olson is that his name? I, I already forgot. Uh, that that's li- a guy, I, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's no. Literally,
1: a guy. literally, the literally the last sentence, the last sentence to my Waverly article is, and no. Even for me, Joel Wilson is too gross to add anywhere.
0: Perfect, good. All right, I'm glad we can finish on up on a Joel Wilson conversation here. Um, all right, so let's dive into the the next game. We have we have the NFC East showdown with the Commanders and the Giants. Um, this was a you know another Tyrod game. Uh, so we had Tyrod out there doing his thing, going up against you know the Commanders and and. This was a, another another fun wild game. Just looking at target share, looking at kind of a snap comparison, Darren Waller is like the only receiver you really want, uh pass catcher, I guess, that you even want on the Giants and then Saquon. Like truly, those are the only two pieces like if if you have them, you feel like you have to start them. Saquon got a full workload, 21 carries, four targets. Um he did get kind of banged up throughout the game, but it sounds like he's going to be perfectly fine. Um Waller got eight targets. Everyone else was like five, four, two, two. Like you know, Jalen Hyatt got five. Who cares? Like, I mean,
1: yeah, I I don't have anything else from this game other than Jahan Dotson is obviously like George Pickens, like Goodwill Brand. Um, he's obviously nothing. And <laughs> um, other than that, Jalen Hyatt is the only wide receiver that you want on the New York Giants other
0: than Darren, or other than Darren Waller. I mean, he caught two big plays. Yeah, I think he was 42, 42 yarder, and like a 35 yard or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So he had two big plays that kind of made up his, his game. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe there's some interest in there for, for dynasty purposes, but like that was his two catches. Like that was it. Saquon uh, Waller, the ones I want. Terry McLaurin saved himself, had a nice catch at the end of the game there. But outside of that, like it's gonna be an even distribution. It's gonna be kind of, I mean, again, the commanders are gonna look a lot like the Chiefs' offense because of the enemy. And it's gonna be even distribution because there's no true like superstar stud wide receiver. As much as I love McLaurin, as much as everyone loves Dotson, sure they're gonna have their their games where they get targets, but it was nine for Terry, it was eight for Dotson, it was eight for Curtis Samuel, six for Logan Thomas, like distribution across the board. And Whoever's open is getting the ball. That's just how that offense is going to work. And they're not going to score a lot of touchdowns. So (laughs) woohoo. Fully agree. (laughs) All right. Um, I think the only other thing I wanted to touch on with that one is, is B Rob did fall into the end zone, but super inefficient. He only had his, his eight carries for 23 yards. Chris Rodriguez actually led the team in rushing, which was very interesting on his seven carries for 31 yards. Uh, Gibby kind of getting phased out with, with only two carries on the ground. But, uh, so that's something to monitor going forward just to see if Chris Rodriguez does have an increased role. Uh, maybe they do start to phase out antonio gibson i don't know what's happening poor poor gibby his whole whole washington career has just been uh, absolutely derailed but
1: all right that's what happens when you fumble the ball 10 times in four years
0: you are not wrong you are not wrong if you can't secure the football as a running back you will find your butt on the bench real quick so um, diving into the falcons and bucks a lot of divisional matchups here again teams know each other very well this was another fun game of, at least interesting game of sorts um nothing too crazy you know same thing we had the two tight ends doing their thing with John U. smith and kyle pitts uh still very even distribution the only thing of note really is van jefferson immediately came in and took over the wide receiver two on this team which again means nothing for fantasy purposes got one target but he did outsnap mac Hollins. his you know first chance we, he could get. So that was fun, I guess. And then Cordell Patterson, this whole running back, like what do you make of this running back room, dude? Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, obviously I've already just, uh, I've already voiced my displeasure with how See they, that? yeah, <laughs> how, how they articulated the injury or quote unquote injury or illness to be John Robinson. I think everybody uh, holds that same, hatred in their heart right now. At least those that bet an over instead of an under for Bijan Robinson. And I assume that like 99% of people did. Yeah. Bijan Robinson is going to go right back. Pat's going to go right back to irrelevance as soon as Bijan does come back. And the only people that matter, I honestly don't think that Van Jefferson matters. I honestly think that Matt Collins is still going to be the wide receiver three over him. So um it's Johnny Smith, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Uh yeah. out outside of that, it's the running backs, Bijan Robinson, Tyler
0: Algier. Outside of that, like I don't want to roster another Falcons player player at all. Yeah. Now I mean I don't think anything really changes on that side of the ball. Uh you know, Rashad White another super inefficient game, 2.6 yards per carry on his 13 carries, so that was gross. Uh Mike Evans uh did have a game. He, he he you know, played well, did his thing. Same thing with Chris Godwin. The big thing that saved Rashad White was his his pass catching. He did have 6 for 65 in the air. Otherwise, this is all pretty standard standard stuff that you'd expect out of both of these teams. Uh, no, no real buy candidates in my opinion. No real sell candidates. Um, it just doesn't. Again, if you if you're not a contender, you probably don't want Mike Williams on your team. Probably a guy you you're more interested in selling. Uh, Then then accumulating those points and there's really nothing to make of this running back backfield like Algier getting 21 carries and Cordell Cordell Patterson getting 10. It it was purely just because Bijan was out. I am interested to see now what the split looks like with a a healthy CPAT, but uh, I want to see everyone healthy first before we start making any decisions on that backfield. So uh, that pretty much wraps up that game. I mean, it was pretty gross in terms of fantasy, like not not anything super, super sexy there. Anything on the
1: Bucks side, honestly, I don't have anything other than their running game is
0: god awful, and I don't want any yeah. of them. Still, still can't run the ball. I mean, it's 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 really just Godwin, Mike Evans, Kate Dot, had 40 yards, I believe, uh, catch you know receiving in the air. But that's not going to get it done for me. <laughs> you know, again, if you're if you have a best ball tight end, sure, throw him in there. Like maybe maybe he catches a, a touchdown one of these days, but uh, nothing really of note there. So. Let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the LA Rams. This was a fun. Uh, again, I'm going to say this was a fun one quite a bit because this was another interesting game where a- another opportunity for us to see Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua side by side. First time I think we've seen this, and this is a. We'll see if this is a trend. But uh, Cooper Cup got his targets doubled. Cooper Cup had six targets. Puka had twelve. I do think it was more or less the the defense and how they were kind of scheming things up. Um, and and trying to to lock down Cooper Cup. I believe he only had two catches on the day, but Puka did his thing. They can coexist. They both can uh, stay fantasy relevant. It's not like one's going to nuke the other. I think this was just kind of a one-off for Cooper Cup.
1: Yeah, they're going to run crossing routes over each other, and whichever one is open, they're going to throw two. That's the entire offense. It's pretty simple, but it's impossible to cover. So... Uh, they they're just gonna run crossing routes, and Pukunuku was the one that was more open on the crossing routes this this day. So he's gonna get twelve targets compared to Cooper Cup six. You you can't you can't stop these two at the same time, right? Like th- there's wow. no defense that can stop both of them at the same time because you can't bracket both of them because that's allocating too many defensive pieces to playing on the secondary. And so like there, there's no way to stop this defense whenever, or stop this offense, whenever they're literally just running Cooper cup and Pukinokuba over crossing routes over top of each other. There there's no way to do it. And so it was a Pukinokuba game. I expect Cooper cup to have basically the same exact game next week. Um, There's nobody else. I mean, there's two, two out. who's going to get a couple of targets the running backs. If we want to actually dig into that, uh, Zach Evans is trash and should be cut in every single <laughs> league that you potentially still have him in. Uh, fun times whenever people were calling him the running back three of the class. Uh, yeah, he might be the running back thirty of the class because Jaleel McLaughlin and Emmanuel Wilson are better than Zach Evans. So <laughs> that that was a that was a fun uh, that that was a fun couple months for all of you people who thought Zach Evans was actually good and making excuses for him.
0: Um. Other it, than everyone came into the week, even saying Zach Evans, this is his chance. Zach Evans. Oh, yeah, yeah. how many carries no, he had? The, Zero. How how Zero. many
1: Zach Evans starters I saw throughout my leagues? Uh, just disgusting. Like there, there's no reason for you to ever think that Zach Evans was actually going to be this. St- Everything that they told you, just listen to the NFL team. Just listen to what they're telling you. Daryl Henderson has experience with the has experience. Royce Freeman has experience and we 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 know he can do exactly what he's going to do. There's nothing, nothing said about Zach Evans ever, except for the fact that he is dog water and he's going to be left on the side of the f- dog bowl like a hanging over just <laughs> this guy. Yeah, no. Uh, oh my god! Just cut him, cut him in every single league that you have. He's rostered in redraft start ten leagues. Like, why? There's uh, no reason for that. I I just don't I mean, understand it. People holding on to priors from eight months ago. Come on,
0: grow up. I mean, both of the running backs that did play uh, had sixty plus yards each. Henderson had eighteen carries. Freeman had twelve. So, you know, they both were very involved in this game. It was definitely Daryl Henderson's backfield, I guess, if you want to call it that. He did get the two targets. He did out snap Royce by 10, um, and and he did run, you know, five more routes. But they were both involved. Um, So this is actually going to be very interesting, you know, going forward. So kind of two-parter here. Uh, I do think that both of these guys are going to have a role when Kyron comes back. Do you have any interest in either of these guys? If so, which one between now and let's say the end of the season, who do you think is going to be RB2 behind Kyron when he's back?
1: Well, for sure, it's not going to be Zach Evans because the team already told us that people will still think it's Zach Evans somehow. It's Um, not going to be Zach. And they'll still roster him, though. That's the thing that just pisses me off to the, no end is they'll still they'll roster him because Darryl eventually henderson or royce
0: freeman which what do you want henderson
1: not, henderson over freeman henderson over freeman um henderson will be the running back to behind kyron williams whenever he comes back
0: do you feel confident starting daryl henderson between now and then
1: no uh, he's uh would I rather start any of the Los Angeles running backs or Jaleel McLaughlin. I'd probably rather start Jaleel McLaughlin or Amari De Mercado.
0: Oof, I might be interested in Daryl Henderson. Might might be might be interested in Daryl Henderson if I if I need a start if I need one. But but I I get the sentiment. Let's let's hop over to the other side of the ball. I mean that's that's just gonna be the Rams running game for the next few weeks. It's gonna be a, a hodgepodge of of Henderson and Freeman. Um, we did see Deontay Johnson come back on the other side, so he's finally health healthier. He's, he's playing to, football to our chagrin is Pickens an alpha
1: he hey. went over a hundred yards in the game. The Deontay
0: Johnson came back. Yep. He phased them out. Five Pickens, Pickens might be an alpha, man. 107 yards uh, you know i i really can't tell with you sometimes if you're being sarcastic or not um i don't i i i'm not on board with that so i'm, I'm hoping you aren't but hey i mean you, you know you kind of you, you change your mind on things we, we, all, we all take data in and, and just reassess as we see it uh i mean Deontay, i think it was more or less a snap count he's getting phased in uh you know or getting kind of ramped back up after injury uh, he had 39 snaps to, to Allen Robinson's 37, and George Pickens had 52. So you can kind of get an idea of of really where that snaps uh, that snap share was, uh, 28 to 24 in terms of routes run. So when Deontay was out there, he was running routes. Eight targets to six targets for Pickens uh, over Deontay, but in the end, like just just give it give it another week. Just give it another week, and and we're gonna see what's really going on. I'm fully on your side, obviously. Okay. <laughs> I <was> fully <laughs> sarcastic. But what I would say is
1: after this week, I fully suspect that you could trade George Pickens for Deontay Johnson plus. Ooh, interesting. And so even if it's a freaking third, um, I would trade my Deontay Johnson for like if I could if I could trade my George Pickens for Deontay Johnson and the third. I think I'm getting the better wide receiver there and I'm getting a third on top of it. That's where you're playing that like flat wide receiver tier market against each other. Because I think that most people after, especially after this week, after you just came back and underperformed compared to George Pickens, I think you could get that done.
0: Yeah. And, and, And when you really look at the snap counts here, so this just to kind of give it even some more context as to really what happened, um, he was definitely somewhat limited in his return. So he, he did play all thirty one snaps in eleven personnel when you have three wide, but he only played eight of twenty one snaps in twelve personnel. So when there's two wide receivers out there, it was it was pickens and and Allen. Two You'll know, be but I'm saying there's only two wide receivers on the field as yes, well. Yes, 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 yeah. That's yes. my point. And so like you have A Rob and Pickens out there is, is really who's out there. So he wasn't out there blocking. He was purely out there to run routes most of the time. And that was really the goal is to get him kind of eased back in. Um and speaking of kind of running the ball, uh looking at that side, this is the first time I think Najee Harris outscored Jalen Warren in fantasy. So uh let's give a little golf clap.
1: And they both don't matter still. Move on.
0: <laughs> move on hey i mean you're pretty much right there so i mean that, that running game needs to, to get figured out but hey uh Naji did have 14 carries to, to jalen six uh naji did out target him as well three to two and uh only had five more snaps but yeah it's a running game that you really don't want any part of for fantasy purposes so yeah we for all intents and purposes can uh, move on but before we do Connor Hayward, uh, emerging as the top tight end for that team, with with uh, Pat Fryer on IR. How you feel?
1: Another guy from the waiver wire report that you all should read on DestinationDaveyWebsite <laughs> dot um, Look, I mean, he's he's the only guy right now. Um, Darno Washington, I think he ran fifty three percent of routes compared to Connor Hayward's. of routes, something like that. So uh, Connor Hayward's the one that's going to be running routes and Darnell Washington, as much as he's an athletic freak, he's only seen three targets on the entire year. So um, take the guy that the team trusts, take the guy that has been showing you that he's going to be the one Uh, obviously you shouldn't be rostering him on all rosters, but if it's a tight end premium or a deeper best ball league with a tight end premium, you should probably be rostering him there over Darnell Washington, Darnell Washington in this day and age of, Hey, you need to produce for me real quick. If you don't have a taxi squad and he's not on there, he's close to a cut candidate right now.
0: Yep. Uh, Connor Hayward, just for, for additional context, second in the team routes run just one less route than george pickens so uh he was very involved in this game let's move on here for sake of time and dive into the cardinals and the seahawks here this was uh can we had we not? dk what's that can we not like can we this not <laughs> is, this game is just bad I I agree. The only thing I really want to look at here is DK was out. So we had the wide receivers uh, for Seattle being Jake Bobo, Tyler Lockett and JSN. Uh, Jake Bobo did lead the team in snaps, followed by Lockett, followed by JSN. Um, and then the routes run was 24 for Bobo, 24 for JSN, 23 for Tyler Lockett. And target share was, again, fairly split, but JSN did lead the team in targets. Uh, some people are calling this the the JSN breakout game, I guess. But, uh, you know, it was nice to see JSN targeted on something other than like, you know, within two yards of the line of scrimmage. I will say that much. Um, I don't know necessarily about this being like his, you know, eye opening performance where he suddenly is more. Uh, involved in this offense it's more or less because you know dk was gone so uh, nice to
1: see him catch a touchdown other than that it was same old same old jason so
0: i mean he did a four for 63 on the day so at least he he had a little bit more you know involvement beyond the line of scrimmage because you know he had 28 yard catch i think he had another like a couple like he had a couple like 10 to 15 yard catches so it was uh, you know it's, it's nice to see like it's nice to see right like (laughs) <laughs> sure,
1: I, I guess if if this is all you can do and DK Metcalf is out, I guess it's nice
0: to see. And then uh, I think Kenneth Walker, obviously Sharbs was out. Uh, Twenty six carries, uh, I think he's he's the guy there. And people, you know, coming into the season, we kind of, I don't say wrote them off, but like thought this was going to be a pure committee. Uh, that has not been the case. So good for Kenneth Walker. He's, he's doing his thing. Anything you want to touch on with this uh, with this Cardinals offense or, or wrap up the Seahawks
1: uh, on the Seahawks? If you bought into Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby not being a thing, or if you bought into Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet not being a thing, it's paying off well for you right now. I think they will eventually still be a thing but for right now in 2023, making out like gold. So good on you.
0: Yep. And then uh, the one thing we, for the Cardinals is Amari D Mercado finally to take over that backfield, uh, getting 13 carries and five targets for that offense. Big issue for him is he cannot pass protect to save his life. So uh, they have to get him out of there on third downs. uh, So that is going to be interesting going forward, but Hey, if he's going to be involved, you know i guess he had like what 70 something yards 75 yards combined offense good for him so uh just monitor that dk health see what's going on with that seattle wide receiver room jake bobo maybe uh, worth a deep add as well since he's you know out there running routes and getting some targets uh did have that nice touchdown catch as well so
1: let's move into denver and green bay
0: let's do it. So, uh, this is going to be the trade, the trade team, right? Like, you know, Russ, this Broncos offense, I, I literally, my whole family's Packer fans. Uh, I'm like one of the only few Bronco fans when it comes right down to it. I literally chalked this up as an L going into the week. I was like, this ain't, this isn't going to happen. Have fun. Enjoy the, enjoy the win. And in some way, somehow Denver made this a competitive game and some way, somehow the Denver Broncos ended up winning. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Cortland Sutton, six targets, Jerry, Judy, five. That's really all that matters. But you don't want any of these pieces on this offense. Like if I'm being honest with you, wide receiver wise, like it's just going to be distribution to whoever's open. It could be four tight ends that game. It could be Brandon Johnson getting a bunch of targets. Um, it could be Marvin Mims finally getting involved. Like y- y- any given week, it can change. I mean, yes, Sutton and Judy are the top two. One of them is likely to be off this team. Truly, it's Javante taking over the backfield, I think, is about the only one that you want to start in fantasy. Him and Russ. I think this
1: comes down to literally just say any RB on a 53. So I want Javante, I want Julian McLaughlin, and I want some Ajay P. Ryan. Uh, honestly, the wide receivers, I'd trade away. If they have any remaining value left in my current dynasty dynamic and within that league, even second like second plus, if I can get that for Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, I'd take it. Um, Russ, I have no idea what his trade value market is right now because quarterback is extremely just all over the place sure. right now. Yeah, And it's, it's just like guys that matter. And then this group of 20 that are all the same type of guy. Um, So I, I have no idea what he would honestly fetch you right now. But other than that, no, I don't, I don't want any of these actual just normal normal guys that are
0: playing each and every week yeah i don't want to have to start him so i, I think uh, i do think javante's taken over i mean samaja had three targets two carries jaleel had two targets five carries uh jaleel does, it seems like he's kind of carved out a role i yeah it's gross so packer's side uh what watson got hurt like it, he got banged up i guess i should say i don't, I don't know exactly this the severity of where christian watson is do you have an update by chance
1: no, I don't. I don't have an update on anything. The only thing that I have on here is um, Manuel Wilson actually got snaps this week, and he's the RB three after they uh, the Patriots claimed Patrick Taylor off of waivers, which was typically supposed to be the RB three on this team. So Manuel Wilson's now the new RB three on this team. Uh, they have James Robinson as well, if he can ever be somewhat healthy. I don't think he can, so I'd rather have Emmanuel <laughs> Wilson. Um, but other than that, this team is bad. Uh, Jordan Love is not going to elevate any of these pieces on his own team. Uh, I, don't, I don't want any of them. Uh, Christian Watson, if you want to have an injured guy who plays seven weeks and does well for seven weeks <laughs> a year, you can have Christian Watson. Otherwise, I don't want any of them. Or Romeo Dobbs is just a 6-for-50 wide receiver. Jaden Reed is about the same thing uh Dante Wicks is a once every four games he goes 1 for 40.
0: So um no, I don't want any of these guys. And then in the running back room, uh you know, this was Aaron Jones first game back. Uh AJ Dillon did actually le- still lead this backfield in terms of snaps, routes run. Uh Aaron Jones they get 5 to 2 targets, uh but AJ Dillon ha- 15 carries to Aaron Jones eight uh, some speculation around whether or not Aaron Jones was, was just limited in his first week back um, or if it was kind of riding right the hot hand or if he re injured himself. So it will be something to monitor to see where things are at with Aaron Jones. Um, I, it, there was some joking around whether or not this is AJ Dillon's backfield now. Uh, it, I, if that's what you want to believe, feel free. Um, if, that's the, if that's the hype you need to go sell A.J. Dillon, go do it. But uh, this is still Aaron Jones' backfield when he's healthy and back up and running. So like, let's not take it too far here. Um, last thing to note is Luke Musgraves' health uh, did take a, a big old crack from Kareem Jackson, concussion protocol. Um, so we'll, again, just continue to monitor that to make sure he's healthy and ready to roll for next week. Oh, all right. Next game a, more game, a couple more. We got we got the Chiefs and the Chargers, and then we got Thursday night football. So we have the Chiefs and the Chargers here. And for me, really nothing of note. Kelsey did his thing. Rasheed Rice has been the is the lead wide receiver. He's the number one wide receiver. He's taking over that that wide receiver role. Um, yes, the other guys are involved. And, and again, when we talk about Kansas City Chiefs, even distribution. Uh, but do you have any interest in Rasheed Rice right now?
1: have interest in she rise on like a rebuilding team obviously don't want to start him in any contending team right now but if, if I'm on a rebuilding team yeah like he he looks to be the best wide receiver out of this group right now yep
0: uh Justin Ross it sounds like uh you can cut
1: <laughs> yeah uh class 7 felony whatever that means um you should have cut him a year and a half ago whenever he was still relevant and now he's even more relevant now so cut every and all Justin Ross if you still own him and that's shame on you for still rostering Justin Ross throughout all of this time.
0: On the flip side of this game, uh again it was a Keenan Allen Josh Palmer performance. Uh Josh Palmer did his thing, Keenan Allen had a big drop, but but again, they both got 8 and 7 targets respectively. Uh the only thing I really wanted to kind of highlight here, I, I'm not concerned but Austin Eckler, I'm not sure if he's fully healthy or what's going on. He just hasn't been very efficient coming back. He hasn't had like that same explosiveness um, in his first couple games back from, from injury. Uh, he did get, you know, still led the backfield, 14 carries with two targets. But it's just not what you kind of expect out of Austin Eckler. Like, I definitely expected more targets out of this uh, this backfield. But uh, are, are you concerned at all with Eckler? Do you think this is just a, a case of just a couple games, Chiefs kind of playing him tough?
1: He he's only been back for two games. You're playing against Dallas, and you're playing against Kansas City. Your next yep. week matchup against is against Chicago. Um, yeah, I thought... <laughs> Not, don't have any concerns about uh, what Austin Eckler might do next week because it might be fifty points.
0: And it very well might be, he, you know, he's a fantasy player himself. Uh, he's probably not very happy with his fantasy performance and he does not like to let down his fantasy managers. So, uh, yeah, I fully expect some bounce back games from Eckler. Uh, last thing kind of of note with this game, uh, Gerald Everett did leave this game with a quad injury in the third quarter. He actually had a, a decent game going for himself. Um, I believe he had a touchdown. He had a few other catches. It was a, a nice build up for him, but ended up leaving in the third uh, so again, monitor that situation. I don't necessarily want to, nec- you know, go out and get Donald Parham. But hey, if he has a role, he can catch a touchdown. Uh, what was interesting was uh, the other tight end. Uh, I don't know his first name, but is like Smart. I think uh, uh, Stone Smart. St- that's what it was. Stone Smart. Come yeah, on, Stone Smart. Stone Smart. Hey, name name slipped my mind there, but yeah, he played eleven to seventeen snaps in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Um, uh, at the tight end position. So it was kind of interesting to see him immediately come in uh, and take over that Gerald Everett role. I'd rather have Joel Wilson. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Uh, so we have the Sunday night game and then Thursday night. So we have the Eagles and dolphins uh, really nothing to, to highlight here other than AJ Brown's good. Um, are you worried at all about Smitty? Is this a buy low opportunity for Devonta Smith?
1: I mean, look, it's it's going to be the same thing that we see with the Bengals every year. Um, the, the, there's a wide receiver one in A.J. Brown or Jamar Chase, and there's a wide receiver two in T. Higgins or Devonta Smith. And they'll have their games. They're good wide receivers. They'd probably be a wide receiver one for one or so of the other 32 teams in the league, but they're on a team with a wide receiver one over them. So they're going to have games where they're going to have games and stretches where they just aren't good. And this is what this is. This is the same exact thing that Devonta Smith is going through right now. You remember the first three weeks, whenever people were, people were saying it's Devonta Smith over AJ Brown. (laughs) You remember that? You remember that? You remember that story? Uh, so, um, yeah, it's amazing how fast we react right now in, in this landscape. So, uh, All those people that said that they would rather have Smitty over Brown. uh, Just remember who's the alpha and who's the uh, number one wide receiver in this role. And uh, Devonta Smith is still a very good wide receiver. He's still probably top 15 wide receivers in Dynasty, but he doesn't have the upside to ever be the one for this team while A.J. Brown's still here.
0: Same thing with the other side of the ball. You know, we we talk about Jalen Waddle with the same kind of issues, where he has the talent to to put up monster performances. But as long as Tyreek Hill is there, he's going to play second fiddle, and that's exactly what happened this week again. Uh, Fifteen targets for Tyreek and only six for Jalen Waddle, uh, respectively. Rinse. Led. Rinse repeat, practice. copy yeah. paste. Yep, and <laughs> rinse, repeat, copy paste. Exactly. Tyreek eleven for eighty eight, uh, Waddle six for sixty three. yeah exactly it Tyree got the touchdown that's you know again giving him another big week uh and on his uh on his case for 2k so fingers crossed that that continues but you know Eagles played a very good uh, defensive had a very good defensive performance even though they turned the ball over twice you know fumble and a pick um they still they still look dominant in that game so Final game we'll wrap up with here unless there's anything else you want to touch on with these Eagles and and, uh, and Dolphins. I don't think so. I don't even know what the last game we have to touch is. Thursday Night Football, the game everyone forgets. Oh, we have to go all the way back
1: to the beginning of the week. (laughs)
0: to go we went backwards this week we went, we, went, we went you know from the beginning to the end and into the beginning um so this one here a 3124 reminder uh game for that one so Jacksonville did come out on top for a game that we thought was going to be over um yeah it was 24 to 9 at the end of the third quarter and then all of a sudden the the Saints showed up how this was a one score game is <laughs> baffling
1: because the Saints were awful for 45 minutes of the game.
0: It was brutal, man. It was brutal. But uh, uh yeah, man. It, it is what it is. I mean, there's a few things of note uh you know on the uh in terms of the saint side of things. Alvin Kamara 17 carries, 62 yards. Alvin Kamara 14 targets. 12 receptions 91 yards doing his thing in the air if you uh bought on that suspension for alvin Kamara, you're going to be rewarded very handsomely like this is going to be a lot of fun for him in ppr formats where you're just going to accumulate points but uh one thing we did want to make sure we touch on chris olave he did have 15 targets in this game seven catches 57 yards however um He did get, what was it, arrested? He's in jail right now for for his uh, reckless driving. Reckless driving, 35 miles an hour over the speed
1: limit. Um, We don't know anything more than that. It's uh, Justin Ross is the one that's actually a... (laughs) Class felony. seven felony. Yeah, that, that one. If you have any Justin Ross shares out there, cut those. Uh, Olave shares, definitely do not cut those. He's just trying True. to perform his best uh, Jordan Addison role, where he was arrested for reckless driving and then came out and has now put up like seven touchdowns over the last five weeks. He's just trying to perform that. I, I give him full credence, and um, I don't think this is affects Chris
0: Olave at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just something to, to kind of watch out for. I don't think he's going to miss any time. It doesn't sound like it's anything like that. But um, the, the only other player of note fantasy relevance-wise is kind of Taysom Hill. Uh, he had five carries on the ground. He's finally getting involved. Five carries, 18 yards, and a touchdown. And then he also got involved in the passing game. Uh, I should say receiving game not passing uh, just in case there's any confusion but uh, he did catch four balls for 50 yards so hey Tyson t- t- Tyson Taysom Hill is uh back out there kind of having his games again and you know he's, he's
1: hey well while Derek Carr is god-awful right now I mean you got to go to t- You got to go taste him or Tyson Hill for a little bit, you know, Um, he he hit a (laughs) hit a twenty five pointer in one of my uh, one of my super flex leagues because he has a quarterback and tight end dual eligibility in one of my sleeper leagues. So he hit my quarterback one slot in one of my leagues this week.
0: So it's fantastic. Uh, I will say Derek Carr threw the ball 55 times. That's just nuts.
1: And Um. sucked on all of them.
0: Uh, 33 for 55 anyways. All right. So we'll, we'll wrap up here. So that, that kind of covers the slate kind of wanted to dive into, to seeing some of the trends. Um, I know this is another long one, but we do, you know, we do have the NFL trade deadline coming up and we do want to kind of discuss a couple things real quick, uh, in regards to potential trades, just players to potentially target now before the trades happen, because the trade deadline is on a Tuesday. Um, you know th- they may actually happen before the games occur. So uh, again, trying to get ahead of it, trying to think about some potential trade targets, and these are just the ones that are out there. Let's just start with the uh, let's just start with the quick ones here. Kirk Cousins, uh, obviously not gonna going to be traded. He's not
1: No, no, nope, no. Nope. Just move him. on. He's not going to get moved. He will not waive his no trade clause, so he's not going to
0: get Perfect. traded. All right, so that one wraps up so Then diving into to kind of running backs, the only one really that has been discussed um is a you know big name of Derrick Henry. And it does sound like there is some interest. That it, I mean, Diana Rossini came out and said it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of teams really talking about this. So I don't know how true it is. Um where are you at what have you heard with the Derrick Henry thing? You do you think you can go out and acquire him on the cheap? I mean, because I don't know if he's necessarily gonna be cheap right now
1: i haven't heard anything on the derrick henry news train uh through the through like the twitter verse but the interesting thing is that they have started to sell off pieces they sold what was yeah. it the safety um one of their best byard. Safeties yeah, yeah kevin, the, byard. Byard, kevin byard was sold to the uh, philadelphia eagles so it may start the trend for a full sale sell off because they know that they can't beat the Texans and the Colts and the Jaguars who are all better than them in this conference uh, or in this division. So um, maybe they do the normal text, the normal Titans things and just try to go to a 500 season and do nothing and redo it again next year. Or maybe they actually try to be a legitimate franchise and actually sell off some things and try
0: to get a better pick. Yeah. Then diving into the wide receivers here, uh, Hunter Renfro was a name that came up. Hollywood Brown, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton. Those are the names that are kind of swirling around out there as far as potential you know, trade candidates in the NFL. Um, any one of these guys that you're particularly that maybe you think you can buy low on that might actually have a, a boost in value? Renfro is definitely the guy that I think you
1: can buy the lowest on. Uh, I think he's I mean, I've seen him cut in places, so yeah. and I've almost cut him in places, but I've been holding on because of the fact that like they have no use for him. They do not use him. They're using Trey Tucker over Hunter <laughs> Renfro, Ooh. and he's he's a receiver that could fetch a legitimate, like at least like fifth or sixth value in returns of like just a. NFL draft pick. So, like, I don't think they're, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't try to seek that out if they don't have any intention of using him for the rest of the year. I don't know why they're not using him. He's still a very good slot receiver, but they have Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. That's the guy that I'm most interested in. And then the second guy behind that, I don't think Hollywood Brown gets traded because I do think that they want to have a number one wide receiver for whenever Kyler Murray comes back, because it does look like Kyler Murray is coming back within the next two weeks. I don't think that he's going to be traded. Uh, Jerry Judy is the one, if we're going to talk about Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, I think Jerry Judy is going to be the one that is traded. If one of the two is traded because of the contract situation, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Cortland Sutton is still signed throughout the next one or two years, I believe. So, Whatever the case, Cortland Sutton is still going to be on the team and still has a contract moving forward. Jerry Judy does not. And so it would take a team to trade for him and then re-sign him to a long-term contract if they were going to do that. I think that's much more likely. And you may want to do a trade for Jerry Judy, thinking that he could go to a team like maybe the Lions or the Chiefs or something like that, thinking that he could have a boost up in his dynasty value.
0: Yeah. I mean, things can't get much worse than what's going on right now. So um, I think it, it's, it's only kind of an uphill, uh, I guess it's only up for Judy from here. Um, I'm with you on the Hollywood thing. I don't think that he, he has uh, any actual value, you know, he's not going anywhere. Zach Ertz. I've heard some random rumors of potentially a contender that needs a tight end. I could see them, you know, trying to acquire Zach Ertz because they do have McBride, but in all honesty, like he fits the role of what they're doing in, in, in Arizona and there's really no real reason to do it like what are you going to get back a seventh maybe a sixth like what, what you is that,
1: do that you're going to do that 25 uh 2025 six seventh swap for stacker right. it's come on man. because because his contract is so bad that you're going to have to probably pay most of it just to move him off of your roster and they yep. have so much free cap room that there's
0: no reason to move him off absolutely uh there is one last trade i think it's more or less you know an offsuit season trade but uh you want to bring up your your fun uh fun trade topic here
1: yeah the one that i heard earlier today um we we saw this get posted in the heisman heisman chat um this is Kay adams on her podcast was talking about a potential trade from one of the teams that does not involve a player it involved mm-hmm. bill belichick actually getting traded potentially obviously i don't think this would happen in season because the logistics of all of that and how you would have to fire a head coach and a gm and bring in a new one would not happen but in the off season apparently what the sources are saying apparently according to k adams are this mysterious extension that we've all heard about and nobody knows what the actual details are apparently this contract was put into place so that bill belichick could be traded in the off season to a different team and so everybody could have a fresh start bill belichick could have a fresh start as the gm and as the head coach for a new team robert Kraft would basically be delegating the trade and he would have full ownership and full delegation of who the new gm and who the new head coach would be one of the weirdest things that i've ever seen in potentially all of the NFL. Um, I mean, we saw, we, we saw like Sean Payton traded for a first, like what would Bill Belichick take to be traded? Uh, it would be more than a first, right? Like th- this guy that ha- I know what the last three years in his resume are, but this guy who has this much of a resume, seven Super Bowls under his belt, like it has to be more than just that.
0: Right. You, you want to know, you want to know some Sean Payton has hurt the, uh, the trade value of, of, coaches and and, oh, and i like having him as a you know it's, it's nice to have him as a head coach for the broncos like i if i didn't if you told me sean payton was just hired to be the broncos coach i'm fine with that the fact you had to give up a first round pick to do that uh yeah no i, I don't think any any organization's gonna want to do that there, there may be a couple uh, a couple wild ones out there that might be willing to do it but again it's like is he getting traded to be the GM and head coach? Like I just, I don't, I think Bill needs to stick on the sideline. I think that personnel decisions might need to be handled by somebody else. And is he willing to do that? He's my guess is he's going to be stuck there um, unless there's, you know, a organization crazy enough to just let him do it. The one
1: that we were talking about before we started the show,
0: the (laughs) Raiders,
1: the Raiders look so but It looks so perfect to do it because Davis has no idea what he's doing as an actual owner. no idea what he's doing as an actual owner. And so you could have bill Belichick basically be the owner. You could have him literally go over his pre pre offensive coordinator and just take over basically head coaching duties. Even if he doesn't like have the role as head coaching duties, you could basically just have him take over head coaching duties And he'd be the GM because they basically don't have a GM right now. And they've wasted all of their first round draft picks for like the last seven years, which is why their team is god awful right now. I mean, Bill Belichick to Las Vegas makes so much sense.
0: I mean, it it would just be like the ultimate, like. Kicking the balls for old josh mcdaniels too it's like you know it's like you know you, you're you finally get hey, away this is from your bill team and- bud. this is your team and uh <laughs> hey your
1: new coach is going to be your coach again
0: yeah you know bill would come in and be like you know what we're gonna make you offensive coordinator josh how's that sound <laughs> he's gonna be oh. you know bill, yeah bill belichick
1: would make him defensive
0: coordinator oh and yeah make yeah your offensive coordinator yeah you know you got to mix it up you got you to if you want to be a head coach in this league you got to learn both sides of the ball that's how this works so uh yeah that kind of wraps up the the fun trade talk i mean there might be some other smaller things that, that do happen defensive side of the ball uh, action you know i think uh there, there's some good things out there but nothing fantasy relevant necessarily some so. Nicole hardman's out there who cares yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah no that pretty much wraps up the week again uh make sure you do check out destination uh the way the articles that are dropping out of the trades, uh, the, you know, Shane's on there, everyone's on there. Ray's going to be dropping some things on the Trinity, like, you, there's tons of great stuff out there. And I can't forget, you know, Cody's obviously doing the waiver article every week. Uh, you know, Gina and Ike doing their thing. Like, you have to check out what's happening at Destination, Debbie. It is, it is. Truly the best place to be in fantasy. And if you can get access to the Discord, make sure you do join. Uh those there's, there's several different tiers that you can you can join. If you are in Heisman, you will get access to all of the content creators all day, every day, voice chat, conversation, just ask your questions, learn about dynasty theory, learn about strategy. You will literally change your fantasy game in a month just being in there. And you'll never want to leave. You won't. It's the best place in fantasy.
1: And if you haven't listened to it yet, I listened to Scott's podcast on, yes. I, li- I listened to that one on, on the best ball roster construction kind of theory and the five tips. I listen. I literally listened to it twice. I listened to it back. I listened to it in the morning on my drive into work. And I listened to, all my, to my drive back from work because it was so good. There's a couple of things I kind of disagree with, but most of it, <laughs> there, there's a couple of things in there that I like, I kind of disagree with, but most part, that is fantastic solid dynasty best ball roster ship advice i absolutely love that podcast one of my favorite ones that i've seen on the destination w feed in the last couple months
0: yep make sure you check that check out destination w radio all of the shows that are on here every single day uh whether that's going to be scott ray j rich uh you know we we got uh we have the Devi guys we have you know gump doing his thing with with uh with derek and, and of course jeetan icon off the line we, and then obviously dti5 everyone everyone has a show now it feels like it's like there's so much happening on destination awesome. radio man it's it's incredible. coming at so, you in
1: waves every single week there's not enough time is. to even there's not even enough time to consume all the content that we're putting out right now and especially yeah. if, if you compare that with all the written content that we're putting out on the destination debbie website as well you put the trinity tracker and the trinity tool that we're putting on there along with yeah. all the other tools that we have on destination debbie website man they, they, you cannot have enough fantasy football dynasty content in your
0: life if you subscribe
1: to only this channel
0: it's fantastic. Yep. Again, destinationdevy.com Make sure you do check it out. And thank you so much for listening to us here on the overreaction podcast.